You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Elif Schmidt, the CEO at Oxid. I mean, the, I think I said to my team, the only thing I can guarantee you is change. I cannot, that's the only thing that that's going to happen. Welcome to another episode of the SAS Nordic podcast. And uh, yeah, we're closing in on summer, but we will not take a summer break. We will serve you podcasts all through the summer, right, Daniel? We will serve you podcasts all through the summers. And actually, we will also have some summer breaks together or more, more like afterworks together, right? Yeah, so we have some activities coming up. So we didn't get enough of meeting the community at SAS just a few weeks ago. We want to spend some more time with you and gather the community for some mingling, having some drinks, some snacks and just chill out. And uh, we're really happy to have some great hosts of this. So on Monday, May 30th, we will be at Mentimeter in Stockholm. So at uh, 5.30, they are opening their doors and um, we'll um, yeah host us for a couple of hours uh, really looking forward to that they apparently they have a great office right right and and the day after we're flying over to finland right and somebody has promised us that they're gonna have the sauna hut who's that thomas <laughs> that is no other than uh, mikkel tuneberg the ceo at supermetrics so we do the same style there uh, 5:30, meet up for drinks and snacks and sauna and also a special guest coming aaron ross one of the keynotes from sas nordic so it's gonna be a, a great event there as well and if you want to join any of these um, you need to be a nordic b2b sas company a part of the community you can look at our linkedin page because there will be posts with the links for you to register to these events the the coming days but not just that. So uh, a while ago, we have Christopher Seed, Force, the pricing expert from Verdain. He had a, we did a podcast with him regarding how to to work with your pricing as a SaaS company, and uh, we're now happy to present a webinar with him: fundamentals of of um, pricing for SaaS companies, or what we call it, something like that. <laughs> and you <laughs> you can sign up for that, and that will be a lunch and learn also on Monday, May 30th. And you can also look out on our LinkedIn page to find the sign up link for that. Yeah. So. Lots of stuff in the pipe, lots of information coming your way, but also lots of fun stuff. So we hope to, to see you both at the webinar and for the ones that are in the Stockholm and, and Helsinki vicinity, we hope to see you guys in person very soon. Yeah. And a lot of you guys uh, I know are in the scale up phase and what's really important then is to have good leadership and uh, to be able to manage change. So we're going to talk to a very dear guest of us about that now. Today, we are very happy to have Elif Schmidt, the CEO at Oxid, here as a guest in the SAS Nordic podcast. So welcome, Elif. Thank you very much. It's awesome to have you here, Elin, as well, uh, again. And, and we know you quite well, but for the people that don't know you, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, yes, uh, my name is Elif Schmidt. I'm 42 years old. I live in Södermalm here in Stockholm with my husband. I have a son who's eight and a dog, a Corona dog. So <laughs> that's a bit about me. 
And uh, what about your career? Can you tell us a little bit about your, your background in that sense? Uh, so I started, I worked in the telecom industry for almost 20 years. I started working for Samsung already in 2004. So this was very, very early days before the iPhone came out. And then I went to London uh, for a few years where I worked for a smaller company responsible for their SMS and MMS services. And then I joined uh, the operator three, Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. I came back to Sweden in uh, 2009, where I joined a global uh, mobile distributor, uh, joined as a sales manager, and then moved into position as uh, the business area director, where I was responsible for all type of services re uh, regarding a, a mobile phone, including accessories and also, also insurance, buyback, these type of things Right in uh, Nordic and Russia and Baltics. Uh, and then in 2015, I became the CEO of a Norwegian and Swedish uh, company responsible for the Nordics uh, regarding, it was a global mobile distributor company called Strax. So I was there for six years. I went on a growth journey and uh, yeah, now I switched the industry. Yeah, yeah. And these days you're the, the CEO of a fantastic company called Oxid. So you, you went from telecom to B2B SaaS slash fintech. How did that happen? Well, uh, you know, I've been in the telecom industry for uh, for a very long time, and I was thinking, what what's my next career move, or what should I do? And I kind of felt I wanted to try my wings somewhere else. Uh, I also saw a lot of similarities uh, in the growth projection of the SaaS industry as I've been through in the telecoms industry. So uh, I was intrigued. Uh, I have been intrigued about this industry and also I worked with services before. So um, I was phoned up by a recruiter and uh, my my skill set is, of course, growth journeys. Uh, so this is this was a very, this was a perfect fit. Yeah. Thomas, we, we're doing something wrong here. Thomas, how often do the recruiters call you for CEO jobs? I think they call you more than they call me. But, uh, <laughs> Not necessarily for CEO jobs. <laughs> whatever, whatever. But what can you tell us about Oxid, Elif? Um, so Oxid is a, a fintech solution. Uh, it was founded uh, six years ago by three founders who are still active in the company. Um, so what you do is you, uh, you as a company or a group company or, or accounting firm, you connect to your ERP system. Uh, we bring in the, the whole, the main ledger. Then we present your financial data in real time in the way you want it presented in a dashboard. And our key, key functions where we're really strong is reporting and budgeting. Uh, so we help our, our our, um, our customers become digitalized in this space and to get their own financial data presented in the way they want to, to be able to, you know, make better decisions, save time and do more analysis than just trying to, you know, take Excel and do reporting or budgets, etc. So right. <laughs> I'm laughing because it sounds like something like that we might need. <laughs> I, can give, I can give you a good price. Yeah. But, but who is your ideal customer? I guess it's not SAS Nordic. So who would be your ideal customer? Um, so it's quite funny. It's it's both good and bad, to be honest. We have uh, extremely large customers uh, turning over um, billions, actually. Uh, we have listed companies and we have very small companies as well. Uh, I think that if you're going to, our, our sweet spot would be somewhere around 10 to 20, uh, 10 to 100 employees turning over a million euros to 10 million euros in a growth stage. I would say that's a very perfect match. Um, but the good, the good and the bad is that we, we're, we're suiting a lot of companies, uh, to be honest. Okay. And is there any specific verticals that you target specifically? Um, 
Not at the moment. I mean, we are focusing a lot of group companies and accounting agencies since we're very strong there. Uh, we're also, when it comes to accounting agencies, we're really helping them digitalize themselves. Uh, so they're using our service uh, to be more of an advisor uh, and it, to get all the other reporting things automated uh, through our system. Um, but when it comes to uh, what we're seeing that we are, we are um, once we are landing a certain industry, when it, even if it comes to right now, we're very big in, in actually hockey leagues, football leagues, golf clubs, then we are creating different reports for that, for that industry. And then it's very simple for us to say that, you know, we kind of created this report, we created, you created your, these KPIs are important to other industries, et cetera. So, um, we're doing those type of different uh, targets and packages as well. Cool, cool. So you help everybody else keep track of their numbers. Let's let's take a look at your numbers. So we put the things in perspective for our listeners. So okay. can you tell us a little bit about your, your, your current numbers in terms of ARR, CAGR, how fast you guys are growing, the amount of customers you have and so on? Mm-hmm. So we are at around 2 million euros in ARR, mm-hmm. uh, 23 employees. Um, we have around 10,400 uh, Swedish companies using our service today. Wow. Excuse me? How many did you say? So since we have a lot of companies under accounting ages, etc., so there are 10,400 organizational numbers using Oxid today. Wow. Wow. In Sweden. And, and what about outside Sweden? Are you guys also doing business in other markets? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Mm. So soon, soon to come soon. And also we have to ask everybody, like, uh, how are you guys financing your, your activities? So have you raised funds? How much? And how does the ownership structure look like? Is there anything you can tell us there? Um, so yes, we raise funds, of course. <laughs> uh, we have uh, SCB, the bank, is the largest minority owner. Mm. And then there's a bunch of other people as well okay okay yeah those other people yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well i think we can go into the main topic and and uh, we would like to talk to you about leadership today mm. so just to get started how do you think a leader should be in a SaaS environment when things are changing so fast and uh, you you need to have constant growth all the time to make all the other people happy yeah well, I think uh, one key thing is, of course, to normalize change. I mean, the, I, I think I said to my team, the only thing I can guarantee you is change. I cannot. That's the only thing <laughs> that that's going to happen. Okay. Um, uh, you need to, as in, in any type of environment, you need to be very clear on your vision and your targets and make sure that you, you aligned all of, all of the employees to understand why am I here? How am I co- contributing to this, to this target and to this company? And how my everyday life co- contributing to this. Um, and also, I think that uh, in this environment, in or in any environment to be leader, you need to be very honest because you're going to make, you need to make fast decisions. You need to make decisions where you not maybe have all, all of the knowledge uh, making these decisions. So you need to be honest in that, in, in that space as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said, because, you know, our world is like, well, the one thing that's happening in our world is constant change. Yeah. Like, and, and Thomas and I have both been part of an organization where there's been like heavy change projects that was quite frankly painful at times. Mm. There has been good change and there has been... Yeah. Not so good. So, how do you normalize change? How do you get people to understand? If you work here, mm. you got to be ready for change all the time. Mm. 
Well, uh, one thing, part of the recruitment process is, of course, that I'm saying that you need to love change. Otherwise, you will not fit very, very good here. Um, another thing is that you need to communicate around this all the time. You need to communicate that we are changing, we are evolving. We need to stand on our toes all the time because if we're not, we're not going to we're not going to survive in this industry. Um, so. Uh, Normalizing it in the way that you actually share what's going on, I think is important and understand and teach or let people communicate on why this change is necessary or why we need to adapt or why we need to maybe put a certain amount of our time looking into new projects, new new markets and uh, new things. We need to, since we're also working in an environment where we have a software where updates get get communicated to everyone. Right. So that means that the whole thing, whatever we're selling is changing all the time, meaning that we we, we can't stand still also. So it's, it's, a, it's much more of a cultural thing that you need to really uh, emphasize and embrace. Yeah. Uh, mm. And make sure that this is, you know, this is us. This is our identity. And within this, we work as a team. But we need to always make sure we push ourselves forward all the time. Okay. And also in the company, I mean, in the beginning when you're small, it uh, it can be enough to have um, strong leaders, strong, strong founders and so on. But eventually when you scale your organization, you need to have other leaders that also can communicate the same thing. So how do you lead leaders in a good way? I think this is uh, probably the most important thing because one thing that I've I've learned within my, in in my career and also you know in this position and previous positions is that I'm very passionate passionate about leadership because I think it's so important and the way you can actually affect people and improve people and organizations through leadership uh, is that one thing I've learned is you cannot just uh, go to the leaders, your the leaders under you, and say, you know, this is what I expect from you, and then drop it at that. It's, it's not going to happen. You need to invest in them being a leader because how I'm feeling is that my obligation is through the to the whole company, and my obligation is to make sure that everyone working in the company needs to have a, have a leader that encourages them, that sees them, that develops them, uh, and and make sure that they they are having you know, been given the right set of tools to be able to perform their job and, and accelerate their skill sets. Um, so I'm even more obligated probably to the people under the leaders, right? Because it's my responsibility to make sure that they have the right set, right people leading them, making sure that my vision is communicated through them. So another thing there as well is that I always assume that, you know, when you're, when you're in a leadership board, that whatever is getting communicated gets filtered down in a in a in a nice way, right? That's that's what I'm that's what I envisioned, but it it's not happening right that. So that also needs to be very clear because in in the management team we need to discuss some discuss some things, and then uh, that leader needs to then take fifty percent, seventy percent, thirty percent of that information and try and tell tell his or her team. And I thought this was done automatically, but it's not. So <laughs> so, so so I think that's such an interesting point. So like. How do you validate this? We, you know, we, we've had uh, other discussions where we talk about you measure your, if we take a simple example, like your VP of sales, like the numbers, yeah. he or she hits the numbers, that's one thing. But what of this, the soft values, the communication, the culture, how do you validate that your message trickles through the proper way? Um, I have to do that through, <clears throat> I have to do that through, uh, of course, I, I kind of control some of the information going out through monthly meetings, but 
uh, here I also need to make sure because I need to educate those leaders because some some information is very important for the for the developers to know. Some people are, some things are very important for the salespeople to know. It's not necessarily the same thing. Um, what I've learned is that you need to uh, keep on. Uh, educating the leaders in your team. It's not. Uh, it's not you. You know. It's, it's not like you tell them once a year. This is what I expect from you, and then you know, lean back. You need to really put some, uh, put, really put effort into this. Did you miss Sassy's 2022? Well, now you have a chance to experience the sessions on demand. So you can go over to sasnordic.tv and you can purchase a bundle with all 43 videos from the event. And there's also some free material such as Tom Boston's stand-up comedy show. That was great. So if you're interested, head over to sasnordic.tv. And when it comes to recruitment, we, we touched it a little bit, but it's not just finding the people with the right skills. It's also finding the people with the right mindset. And as you said, you, you need to be prepared for change. So how do you find these people? So recruitment is, I've, I've done quite a lot of recruitment since I started here. I've recruited, I think, six people, and I'm so happy with all of them. They're, they're truly amazing. So I'm, I'm very happy the way it worked out, knock on woods. <laughs> Was that just luck or what's the secret? I think when I'm recruiting, um, I really try to pin down your personality. Your how how are you as a person? What is your uh, attitude? Uh, and also, do you have a lot of uh, self awareness? Right, because if you don't have a lot of self awareness, then it's going to be very difficult to coach you or to to inspire you or to to be very clear on what I want. So mm -hmm. those are the key things. Uh, probably the most important things because I I can't I can't teach you self awareness or attitude. That's something you come with or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so do you just do that by having conversation uh, interviews and so or do you use other tools? Um I've I've done it previously just by you know of course depending on if I if I use a, an agency then I'm extremely clear on 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 my what I what I what I demand in terms of personality and if I do it by myself then I try to pin pinpoint that out the first the first 15 minutes to see if it's if it's a fit okay uh, right now we're trying another a tool to see it's like more of a personality test straight uh, so I'm trying that to see if I can get you know to uh, get more people into that system to get, because sometimes you get, when you recruitment, sometimes you can get bias whether or not you want it, yeah. right? So it can, something can look uh, in a specific way on a CV, but maybe the personality traits are actually something I'm missing or, or I wouldn't select to take that person into an interview. Mm. So now I'm trying this other tool to see if I can, um, yeah, find people better there. I have actually never got a job where I had to do a test. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of funny, but but anyway, do you do you have any specific questions that you usually ask that that you think uh, would be a, a good thing to adopt? Um, yes, of course. I uh, when it comes to kind of identifying personality traits, then I usually challenge them in in saying, um, for example, do you want to deliver something perfect but late, or on time but good? So it's just a way to see how they respond to that. It's not a, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be the one way or the other. I usually ask, uh, can you tell me about something the last five years that has developed or changed you? So that's another thing. Um, I also try to uh, um, 
I, I usually try to challenge them saying, can you tell me about a book you've read or, re- or re- listened to just to kind of understand? It's, so it's, it's more, of a, more of a way of, of seeing how they, how they kind of value both themselves uh, during, during their spare time, but also themselves uh, as a person to see, do you have a self-awareness? Can you be, can you be open about, about things that you, that it's, that's been a struggle to you? So it's, it's more of, a, of these type of question. I have a, I have a full battery actually of, of questions I ask. So it depends on. It depends on your mood that day. <laughs> exactly. And how, how they respond. Love it. So it's, so it's, it's the long battery of question and, and a finger on, on the pulse. Exactly. And then you see like, he or she's lying or not. Yeah, so, so I get, but usually, but if you get the person that can be, uh, you know, sometimes they can have bad self-confidence, right? Yeah. But it, but it can still be a good fit. Right. Uh, but then in the next stage, it will, it will require something of the leader that's going to manage this person. Definitely. I actually have a question for you as well. So um, you are a hired gun. So there were three other guys that started this and you're the hired gun. And you came in and you inherited a team. Mm-hmm. So you hired these six people, but you inherited a bunch of other people. Yes. Like, how does that affect your leadership? Because you couldn't do this check before. Yeah. What happens when you come in? How do you validate that? Um, so... The first thing I did was just build relationships, right? So to really understand the the founders, the management team, and then everyone. I actually conducted an interview with all the employees. I uh, just understand who are you, how are you feeling, what's working, what's not working. And actually, I'm actually going to do that interview again now with all the employees, just to kind of have a yearly check. So that's that's the plan. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then I tried to uh, see where I was needed the most in the beginning. Because you can see some some things worked well, some some things needed more attention. So I tried to put a lot more attention in that space, um, and then uh, communication regarding change, leadership, teamwork. That was kind of you know to really pinpoint what what do I expect from you? How do I want you to conduct yourself internally and towards customers? Fortunately, I came to a, to a company that was extremely nice people and um, very high work ethic. So it's it's that was very good. But, you know, it's the middle of Corona. Um, they had been without a CEO for a while. So it's, it was also a way where they have not taken a lot of decisions. So everyone came to me. It's like, when is the decision? I was like, okay, I can't. It's, <laughs> it's too soon. It's too early. Yeah. Can we buy new ink for the printer? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then, of course, to focus a lot on the leadership team, because I knew that that was going to have a trickle-down effect. Okay. But what would you say is the role of the CEO in a scale-up? I mean, different phases of a company requires different things. So mm. what would you say, uh, and in your situation where you, you are right now? I imagine that most of the companies right now is in the growth acceleration phase, right? Because not many of them are, you know, small startup, and not many of them are very heavy. Some of them, of course, but um, <clears throat> we're in growth acceleration, meaning that one communication is is key because you cannot, not everyone can know everything uh, anymore. So you need to have clear communication. It goes down to the leadership. The strategy and vision needs to be in place, and it needs to be communicated in, in a strong in a strong way. Because I need to understand why am I here every day? What am I? How am I contributing contributing to this company and um, to this to this target? Um, and 
you know, I, I come from larger corporations and a lot of people that work here come from very small corporations. So I'm trying to tell them that we need to implement some processes. We need to do, we need to build business cases. We need to do, we, we shouldn't process, we just shouldn't add a lot of administration, but it's, it's required from us because each of our minutes are so valuable. We need to really value our own minutes. I need to value my minutes. Everyone in the company needs to. And, and then I think the next step is also to make sure that people are, are in the right position to do a job where they really excel at, that they really like, right? What, what is my skill set? What do I like? Yeah. I can, my, my vision is to have that 80% of the time, you should really do things that you love. Yeah. And that 20%, we all have our 20% that is not fun. You have your accounting things you need to handle. And so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, et cetera. So I think that's, that's, another, that's another key to make sure that, that people can grow. And when, once you're in this acceleration rate, you need to also make sure that people can grow within the company. So you need to build an organization or you need to um, see how this organization can evolve so people can actually take their next career steps within the company. Oh, that's really interesting. And I wanted to ask you for um, for people in your position that are coming in as the hired CEO, taking over from the founders, mm. what would your advice be like? What are the key things somebody needs to do the first, say, six months? Um I would say that uh, key thing is is uh, building relationships. Then that's number one. Uh, build relationships internally. Uh, then of course understand uh, the customers. Why are they here? Why do they like your product? Why they, do they not like your product? Um, and um, I think you need to kind of take your time. I did you know I did this classical uh, my first hundred days. Right. And then I also did the classical what shouldn't I do my first hundred days. Okay. I I, I sidestep from that and that that uh, that decision I, I regret actually because I took it too early. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the first thing is to to build a relationship, understand your, understand the people, understand the product, and then the who your uh, customers are. And sorry, I have to ask, what was that one thing on the? Uh, what not to do list that you did? Um, no, it was a personal issue. Okay, okay. So it was, and I, I think I was uh, moving uh, perhaps too fast. I see. So we're also a bit curious. What is the future for your company besides perhaps go out of the current market? Um, so um, of course we have a bright future. Uh, we're growing at a rate of over a hundred percent, and that's that's the plan going forward. Wow. Um, so the plan is to land, we've, we have a partnership together with SCB and with Grand Thornton. The plan is to land more uh, partnerships and, uh, of course, reduce churn. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out to land some more talent. So I'm out recruiting, meeting people as well. So that is actually the next question. What are you looking for right now? Talent, partnership and ARR. Okay. <laughs> Very simple, right? <laughs> okay, awesome. And uh, this was great. And we always ask every guest, like, you know, who would you like to see next on the show? Is there any particular person you'd like to see here? Um, yes, I, I would like to see. Uh, she is the uh, CCO at Hive Streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Anna Stoll. We know her. And uh, yeah, and she's a very uh, 
inspirational change leader, I would say. She's done some very large change uh, change management things. She works, she used to work for Posten as well before Hive Streaming and some other companies. She's a very inspirational uh, person. And they have changed a lot. They have changed a lot. <laughs> and she was, in the, she was in the middle of it. So thank you so much, Elif, for being on the show. Really enjoyed talking to you and see you a lot more in the SaaS Nordic community. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. So Daniel, what is your takeaway after this episode? I think I'm like a broken record. I always say like I have a reflection here, reflection there after every episode. But I like what she said. She had one statement that, you know, to be a leader in some of these organizations that we're talking about here, you have to love change. You got to be prepared to lead in an environment where it's constantly changing and evolving and you have to be flexible and so on. I think that's so true in, in our world. So I really appreciate that. And I also had, you know, some, I took some notes here for some of the t- tips and tricks she had here and on how to lead via leaders and so on. So that was really good. Who are you going to lead? Uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can lead each other for the moment. Yeah. Watch out. I might be your biggest nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what struck me also, you know, on the topic of change and so on was the importance of talking about why the change is happening yeah. and be able to, you know, communicate that really well because, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of things comes over you, organizational changes, uh, different strategies and so on. So in order to get everyone behind you and also excited for this, so everyone can understand why, uh, I think it's an important uh, takeaway from this episode as well. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have any of those challenges yet having a two-man show here. <laughs> it's not difficult to be synced, right? No, but uh, of course there is a why. Yeah, there is always a why. There is always a why. <laughs> okay. Maybe what we ask ourselves sometimes. But uh, I mean, we have great fun and we hope that we give value to the community. We sure have um, a good time and appreciate you guys a lot out there. So thank you for listening and uh, see you soon again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.